All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live nonstop Leafs talk starts now. All right, we're rocking and rolling here on a Friday presented by Points Back Canada. It's the Friday edition of Lease Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. Rosie, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Nothing, man. Just reading a couple tweets on this uh, one verse eight Whoa. conversation that seems to be going on out there. I like it. I like it. I think we're long overdue for a Rosie tweet segment. You've been tweeting up a storm the last couple weeks, buddy. What's gotten into you? I don't know. Uh... Just pitting my feet up, got some things to say, feeling like throwing some things out there on the wire. I was a little bit quiet yesterday. I was at work, so uh, not a whole yeah. lot to say. But yeah, sometimes I get my the old brain upstairs starts churning. I notice, I notice, because uh, with a new algorithm on Twitter, and you're new to Twitter, Elon Musk has completely fucked up Twitter beyond belief. But that's beside the point. With a new algorithm, I see whenever you like message people or tweet to people. So that's why I'm starting to see your activity on my page. I guess they think we like each other. Wow, I'm yeah. starting to get that's over the waves. Hey, it's neat stuff. Yeah, you're 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 starting to get into that algorithm on Twitter, and that that's scary, scary business for anybody who is following you around this show. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review, Thanks, wherever you're checking Elon. us out. 
at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast. So make sure you subscribe you, so we can get paid. And Jay loves Elon Musk. And don't forget to visit LeafsNation.com for the very latest in all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, uh, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. And coming up in 10 minutes from now, TSN hockey analyst, former NHL netminer. You know how I feel about the show Overdrive on TSN 1050 and TSN. It's tremendous stuff with Noodles, the O-Dog, Brian Hayes, who we had on the show earlier this season. Jamie McLennan will drop by in about 10 from now, Rosie. Yeah, that'll be nice, man. I enjoy that show too. It's one of the real true shows where guys can just sit down and bullshit about actual hockey and it doesn't feel yeah. like a corporation's got them by the balls telling them what to say all day long. So it's a great show for that. Well, that's the catch. They work for a corporation, but they, uh, <laughs> they're given some leash. Uh, that is for sure. With that in mind, let's get over the boards. By the way, I spoke to the Uremchuk family. They would like to thank you personally for the shout-out to uh, Karen Uremchuk on the show the other day. Wow, I thought I was going to owe them an apology. That is good news this morning. <laughs> I'm being nice about it. I'm being nice about it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So um, a much better game last night. Obviously, we ripped a, we ripped the shreds off this team the last couple of days. That performance on Long Island just wasn't good enough, but they they responded. That, that's the most important part as we get closer and closer here to the Stanley Cup playoffs, Rosie. So many different avenues we can go, but to me, the major takeaway was Austin Matthews, man. Like, that's as good as I think I've seen him all season long. That's, that's one of his better efforts. I thought he was all around the puck, scores two goals. Just the fourth time this season he scored two goals or more in a game. And that's the most encouraging thing to take out of that hockey game last night. Yeah, he could have had four, man. He looked like the Austin Matthews that uh, can dominate the league. And uh, he hasn't had a bad season by any stretch, but he hasn't been the guy that's, uh, that's just leaping off the page every single night. And last night, he definitely did. And I think we have been saying for a long time, hey, no worries. We need him to just turn it up come the end of the season, going into the postseason. And Apparently, that's what he's doing because he's been hot for a while now. And yeah, I thought the game was good top to bottom from the goaltender through the D and all the way up through your forwards and through the uh, through the star players on this roster. It was a great bounce back game, which they tend to be pretty good at doing, don't they? They do. And and so this shouldn't be meant as a jab to, Austin, to, to Connor McDavid, but I know he's getting his flowers right now. He deserves it. But I thought it was intriguing that McDavid had 60 and 72, but here was Austin Matthews last year who had 60 and 73. It just shows you the excellence of an Austin Matthews when he's on top of his game, when he's producing, when he's scoring. I thought he was really engaged last night. And again, taking nothing away from Connor McDavid, uh, Connor McDavid he's by far the best player on this planet. But uh, I just like the defensive game too, how it's come together the last couple years for for Austin Matthews, you know, looking back at last night, it's probably not so much about the two goals, but the takeaways defensively, man, he's so good with his stick. Yeah, man, you're seeing him develop as a player and, and mature as a player. You come from those junior ranks and the program and these and that. And I, I mean, you got you need time to develop and to understand what it takes to be a pro and to be a leader. And I think he's he's figuring that out and he's starting to round his game off um, a lot more than than maybe he showed in the very beginning of his career. And and that 
that means you got to put a little bit of uh, emphasis on defense. And I think he understood the shortcomings in the playoffs. And he's just got a lot of experience under his belt. He's growing as a player and, and maturing. And that's nice to see. And I think that helps to have some of the veteran presence around him to kind of show him the way, like a Johnny T type guy who, uh, you know, seems yeah. to do everything the right way and is the consummate professional. And obviously it's, it's rubbing off and hopefully at the right time too, because if this team starts firing like they do, uh, like they did last night, it uh, it's exactly what Leafs fans want to see. So many positives. There's no doubt about that from the game last night. Marner Nylander, one goal, one assist. So um, a bit off the schneid for Nylander, who is pointless in, in four in a row, finally scores another goal. John Tavares, three apples. He was named one of the three stars in the game. Alex yeah. Kerfoot snaps a 25-game yeah. goalless drought. We sort of chuckled about it on the show earlier this week that the uh, shootout winning goal against Ottawa was going to ignite him, but that has to feel good. I'm sure you've been in a slump before, right? On and off the field. No, never. No, nice. never. I was a point-making <laughs> machine, but uh, no, obviously that was probably on his mind. And and earlier on in the season, not too far back, though, he was just snake-bitten, like chance after chance. He was getting opportunity with the big boys on the top lines and was getting chances and just couldn't bury it. And I know, yeah, when that happens, when you get that look, you have a tendency to grip it a little more and think a little harder instead of just letting your uh, your ability take over and, and put it home. So it's nice to get that monkey off his back. He's had a pretty good week. I imagine he's feeling good getting that over or that shootout winner um, earlier on and then, and then scoring yesterday to actually get the monkey off his back. So uh, good, good day all around. I mean, after that absolute shitting the bed fiasco yeah. on long island whatever you want to call it that's exactly what they needed is to respond and they did it in spades last night and matt murray too i thought was phenomenal like i was laughing even the goal he let in in the first period that barely crossed the line it was actually an unbelievable save but matthew kachuk gets credit for it so like dubs all around for the leafs last night really really good effort in sunrise against the panthers as the road trip rolls on now two more a back-to-back -back saturday sunday carolina and the Nashville Predators. Speaking of which, dude, I can't believe it took 71 games. You know, I was sort of bewildered to hear that statistic on TV last night. They finally got a five on three. How does it take the Toronto Maple Leafs 71 games with the star power and the talent in that roster along that ice to, to get a five on three? And it took them like, you know, 30 seconds or whatever it was. Michael Bunting scores. Man, that's insane to me. How does that happen? That is nuts when you think about all the, you know, the teams you've been on and how often you do just get a five on three, just the way it goes. I mean, a team's on on the penalty kill and they're reaching a little bit and kind of desperate and running around out of position. It's easy to kind of take that extra penalty, although you should never do it. It definitely happens. Yeah. And I can't believe it hasn't happened to that team. And to all the naysayers of the Maple Leafs that love to run their mouth and think that they get special treatment <laughs> by the league is just fucking ridiculous. I mean, right now I'm sure they're just plugging their ears, don't want to hear it, but I mean, I saw a tweet the other day too that was like um, the, the ranking in penalties, shorthanded yeah. play or something to that effect of the Maple Leafs going back to like 2018, the last five years. And it's like 27th, 28th in the league, 30th in the league, like like the top handful of the league in, in, in getting penalized and people think they get special treatment just makes me shake my head. But uh, there's another stat for you too. They don't even get a five on three until the last couple of weeks of the season that's pretty wild you're pretty much twitter guy at this point and i'm not ref guy by the way at all like I i'm not mr blame the refs every time you lose and every time you lose big in the stanley cup playoffs but 
to me, it's it's inexcusable how you know, especially a team like the Maple Leafs, so speedy, so 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 shifty, so talented that it takes seventy one games. I couldn't believe. I still can't believe it. I woke up today. I'm like, I completely forgot about this. There had to be a moment in this season, say against like a Columbus, where they get a five on three. But no, seventy one games without a yeah. five on three. And credit to them, they cash like instantaneously. But I just think it's so bizarre. Year after year after year, they're they're that team. Uh, that oh, people always like to chirp and shit on, uh, but they never get those power plays. Yeah, it is weird. I'd like to see the stats on other organizations, like if that yeah. has happened in the past. I can't think of a team I've ever been on where you're going deep into March without a five-on-three. The whole bloody 82-game season is insane. So, yeah, interesting yeah. stat for sure, and it should shut the mouths of anyone who thinks that they get special treatment by the referees because they just simply don't. Yeah, it really is incredible. Let's ask uh, today's guest, TSN hockey analyst, former NHL netminder, Alberta native. Rosie, you love that. It's Jamie mm -hmm. Noodles McLennan. What's up, Noodles? Not much. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Uh, I know you heard the tail end of that conversation, but uh, do you have any explanation how it took 71 games for the Leafs to get a five on three? No, I actually don't. I I heard that stat last night too. And I mean, the amount of hockey I watch and the, the games I cover and the amount of teams that I've, or ranks I've been in this year, it just kind of, I feel like that's an outlier. Like it's a weird, it's a weird stat. Um, you know, I look at the way that the Leafs play too. They're not a very physical team. They're more, I mean, now actually they are, but but let's let's go back to four weeks ago or less. You know, they, they play more of a, you know, speed and, and kind of non-engaging game. Um, for me, you would think that there'd be a penalty and they're on the power play and then a tripping call or a cross-checking in front of the net down to make it a five on three, or even somebody like even by accident. Okay. Let's say they're on the power play and the defenseman goes to fire it off the glass and he fires it into the stands. Like it's not even a ref's decision. It's a black and white decision, like over the, over the glass. Like, so that is a weird stat for me, um, that it took that long because I don't know who's had the most. I don't know. I, I haven't dug into it, but you, you would think at least a handful of times, let's say five times in the season, you'd get a five on three. Um, so that one's a weird one. And yeah, they, they converted. And it was a weird play even leading up to it because Bobrovsky makes the big left pad save on the back door. And then he gets run into by his own D-man and then Bunting. I don't think Bunting got all of that. To be honest, I thought it was a, like he got lucky on that play because he, he fires it straight now you want to fire it quick but he fires it through Bobrovsky where I would think if he had a clean shot you'd probably want to elevate it on that play but anyways found the back of the net they they converted it on a five on three and to answer your question even by accident they should have had a five on three somewhere along the line this this year noodles bring us to uh the conversation that you're obviously very well versed in, but the goaltending situation in Toronto, what's been your take on it going back to the summer, getting these two guys, the way they've switch hit them, their their play over the last little while, and now obviously a big step up game for Matt Murray last night? I mean, I think I'm like everybody else in Toronto. You're concerned until you don't have to be concerned. So, you know, the turnover of goaltenders, I had a uh, a spirited debate, put it that way, with somebody yesterday saying, you know, you, if it didn't work, you change and you change. Well, my question is, and, and I would pose it to everybody listening and both you too, is we don't have the luxury 
of sample size with either guy. So I have a little bit more watching Ottawa. So I saw Matt Murray play the last couple of years. I've been an advocate of his. When he's healthy, he's a good goaltender. Like you don't forget how to play goal. He's won cups. He's a good tandem goaltender. He's not a starter, in my opinion. He's a tandem guy who, you know, his body breaks down a little bit. Like he's, at the most, I think he played, he had a three-year stretch. It was like 49, 50, 49, something like that in Pittsburgh. But that's not really starter minutes. That's tandem minutes. Samsonov, most he's ever played in the season is 44. So you've got two guys with something to prove. Samsonov is 26 years old, and he's high draft pick. I talked to goaltender coaches early on when he was drafted that they, they really liked his skill set. I think it took him a while to mature physically and mentally. Um, you know, Washington, there's a reason why they walked away from him. It might not have just been his play. There was probably some maturity issues there or whatever it is. But the point being is both of these guys were a reclamation project, we'll call it, because it was at Christmas that Matt Murray was on waivers in, in Ottawa the year prior. So my only thing, and I always come back to, and I know it's long-winded, is one word, trust. Because do you trust that that will all come together at the right time? Where, for example, in other markets where you've had a tandem or you've had the goaltenders for more than one year, maybe two or three years, you go, I've seen the guy at his best. I've seen him at his worst. Now we just need him to play his best at the right time. Like even, you know, Markstrom, for example, like I've watched Jacob Markstrom for years. So, you know, okay, there's, there's a really good goaltender in there that's not having a great season. So when I look at Samsonov, if you haven't watched him in, in Washington and didn't know his body of work, if you're a Leaf fan, you're going, geez, I really like what I see this year. But Again, it's on a sample size of what, 33 games? And that could change very quickly. So that's the only thing I come back to. I think both of them are really good goaltenders and capable of doing the work when they're healthy and when they're at the top of their game. But the question is, do I trust that that can happen at the right time when it's needed? I don't, I don't have that answer for you. That would be my, I guess, my analytical breakdown because I haven't seen Samsonov go through a stretch where it's like, how does this guy dig himself out of a slump? How does he respond to a bad game? You know, I didn't love his game in the island the other night, but I, you guys talked about it, and I, I listened to you earlier, where it's like you guys shredded them after that island game. It stunk, top to bottom. You, you know, you couldn't circle yeah. anybody who played well, including Samsonov. So how does he respond? He has two or three bad games. It was not that long ago, with about six weeks ago, that both goaltenders were kind of struggling. And Samsonov was struggling. I don't know if Murray was healthy or whatever. And you're sitting there going, what the hell's wrong with the goaltending in Toronto? So I think it all comes to timing. And I just don't have a reference point other than what we've seen in front of us this year to go, God, I hope it all comes together at the right time. And of course, uh, you know, one of the big conversations, as you know, doing uh, overdrive on a daily basis is the goaltending conversation, as we just referenced, who starts game one. I almost ask you this, like, does it matter most, like, who's easier to pivot to? Like, in my world, and I know Jackie Redmond was on the show last week, and she made a really, really good observation and point. It's almost, in her opinion, in my opinion as well, easier to shift to Matt Murray than it would be, like, vice versa, where you start Murray, and then you go to the unproven guy in Samsonov. Do you agree with that? I think yes on a couple different fronts is if you, we talked, I just talked about the body of work. 
the more stable goaltender this season, as far as what we've seen consistently, has been Samsonov's body of work. Because we had Murray not available. We've seen a couple dips in his play. There's been, you know, if you had a chart, as O-Dog always talks about, the, the graphs. If you had the graphs, the graph would go up and down with Matt Murray, where Samsonov, there was an injury, but to come back, he's been pretty stable. So in your mind, come, coming back to the word trust, I think you're like, okay, you kind of believe or know what you think you're going to get from Samsonov. And if not, you've got a safety blanket on a guy who's played at the highest level and exceeded at the highest level, like that you, you believe that one of them can get it done. And I don't know if you could leave, which is a kind of a crazy theory talking to somebody yesterday, like would Joseph Wall be a guy that you're just like, okay, like if it's not working or whatever, like throw the rookie in there who's oblivious and just be like, let's see if this kid can go on a, a Bennington run type of thing. That's a, a far kind of, conspiracy outside the box theory but you know stranger things have had have happened and when i i look at it and you know you guys can probably cite other examples sometimes ignorance is bliss there's a reason why rookies in the league kind of have that kind of success out of nowhere because they don't know the the pressure they don't know it's just like hey i'm showing up i'm in the nhl i'm pretty excited like they haven't experienced years of like ups and downs and pains and crowd getting on you and stuff. It's just like, yeah, hey, I'm coming from junior. I'm coming from the minors. I'm pretty oblivious to what's going on here. I'm just going to play some hockey. I kind of think like Bennington did that from January on in, in, in St. Louis. Bennington's biggest problem, I think, in the playoffs that year was he had a like a racist tweet or something he had to deal with, like something ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Do you remember that? I, I think he, he had no. an answer for it on the yeah. morning of a, the morning of like I don't know if it was Cup final or semifinals or something. It was like he somebody went back and when he was a kid and dug up a tweet about a, a I, I don't even remember what it was, but they were asking about him. He was like, yeah, you know, mistake, all of that type of stuff. Wasn't even talking about his play. It was just like, hey, what did you do when you were 16, 18? So again, ignorance is bliss sometimes, but I would say. Samsonov, you give him the net. If he falters, you got a guy who's been there, done that before. And I would argue probably if they do end up getting back to Tampa, if they end up, you know, working big in Boston, if Boston continues on, like you're going to, you might need both guys, to be honest. You, you might need both guys to get through because we've seen tandems or one outside of the Vasilevsky situation. You look at half winners, there's been two goaltenders that have actually started games. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, being as we've talked uh, a lot on this show about how goaltenders just seem to not be able to even do back-to-back -back games, which is uh, I'm sure is laughable to guys like you and the area that, era that you played in. But <laughs> if we do get in with, say we start with whoever we start with, do you think there is a chance that if things go well, one goalie could just play the entire series? Or do you think there's no chance that happens? Well, I, I think... I think it should be in my mind, if you've got a guy who's playing well and the team's playing well, rallying around him, this is the thing. And it's analogy that was brought to me about football. It's like, if you have two capable quarterbacks, you really don't have a one. And what happens is if one guy falters, everyone's like, well, you should have started the other guy. And that's what scares me about tandems because let's say Samsonov starts game one, plays really well and they win. And then he struggles in game two. You know how loud it's going to be to go, we got to go the other guy because, boy, he stunk last night. But yet, 
Austin Matthews or Mitch Marner may have had an off night. They get to go right back on the ice next game. So it, sometimes the, when, you, when you don't have 100% faith in one, you're always second-guessing that decision as to like, okay, well, do you give that guy who had an off night an opportunity to make up for it, or do you go to the other guy and see if he can climb on top of it? That's the game within the game when it comes to goalies, and that's kind of scary for me. Um, but I would like to see a guy go on a run and feel good, so you just go, that's our guy. And if he falters or he and, – and you know what it's like now in the playoffs. They're not back-to-back -back situations. And if you guys are laughing like, yeah, do I know about back in the day? Uh, Kiprasov, seven years in a row at 70-plus games. You look at my stats in – in Florida, Roberto Luongo, the year I backed him up, he played 75 games. I pretty much Jeez. just sat in a suit. <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> sat in a suit on the bench because I knew I wasn't going in. Like, that was – like, th th that's a unicorn now. And even near the end of his career, I, I talked to Roberto about playing back-to-back -back situation. He said, the game is so much phys more physical now. Like, as far as for a goaltender, it's side-to-side, -side, it's in-type play, it's up-down. So he said the recovery – he, he could never get back to 100% right in that back-to-back -back situation. He was talented enough to do it, to battle through to maybe a one-off here and there, but he couldn't do it. The only guy I can see that has, like, the strength, there's a couple of them. Vasilevsky can do it. Hellebuck can do it. And I think Markstrom can do it. These big goaltenders that, that have that physical strength, they, they can do that type of stuff. Mm. Noodles, I still maintain we we need a goaltending summit in this league because I don't know what's transpired with the position, but you do make some excellent points. Um, the back end, what are your thoughts on load management? We saw Giordano sit, you know, we've seen Brody sit, and why are the Leafs continue to win without Morgan Riley in the lineup? Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, because I think they're a balanced defensive core. It doesn't matter... Let's just say their pathway is, you know, is Tampa, Boston. On paper, yeah. the defensive core, both your opponents' defensive cores are better on, on paper. Doesn't mean that, that execution. But, I mean, I watched Boston live the other night. 
if you believe Morgan Riley's your number one, which we do, Morgan Riley might be number four on Boston behind Lindholm, McAvoy, and Orloff. I think there's an argument between Orloff and, and Riley, yeah. but Orloff's a hell of a player. So mm -hmm. you're going to do it by committee. Um, Tampa, I mean, there's no headman. Now, I watched headman last night. He looks like he's laboring. His back looks like something's up there. So, you know, he's going to probably try and conserve for health better more than trying to win games down the stretch here. But I, I again, I look at their defensive core. Like that Sergachev is a, is a player. You know, Chernak is a big mean. Like they've got, they've got a, a really unique group back there because everyone plays a, a different role. Where I look at the Leafs and you've got Riley, you got Brody, who's a real stable guy who moves the puck, but he's no, not overly physical. He's just a really cerebral defenseman. You mentioned load management with Gio. I, I'm 51 years old. I played with Gio. He's old, like Gio's 39. You need to, you need to rest him. Like, like, and, yeah. and I love Mark Giordano. Like he's a captain. He's a leader. He's an unbelievable person. But does he need to play? You know, in every situation, no. He needs to play when it matters, and he'll come to play. He's a gamer. I'm not worried about him. Uh, McCabe, I think, needs to still settle in, find his game. Uh, you know, there's times where I think he's trying to do too much. In the new situation, you're excited. You're, you get a little horny. You want to be like, oh, I can do this. I can do that. I think we just shrunk his game a little bit. And it's like, this is what I'm good at. He'll be fine. Lilligren, like that right side kind of always concerned me a little bit because, mm. you know, Hall, Lilligren's a guy, like, I don't know where his perfect placement is. And I know it's a great story. And Jay, I don't know if you played with him or know, you know, Shan, like he's a great human, big mutant, but like, it's like, yeah. you know, he's a six, like he's a six at the, at best for me. Like, uh, so I think they're going to do it by, by committee. And I'm not, I'm fine with load management, but, to me, Riley's got to be a big part of it because if he's going to chew minutes, he's got to be a guy who can advance the puck, get back to the puck quickly, and move it. I, I think their defense has to be like Pittsburgh's defense when they won, I think, the first time around without Latang. It's got to be by committee, move the, the puck quick, and just get it to people who can handle it. Like, just be nothing to see here, back out and, and go away type of thing. We've been talking about that too, and I think the load management with like a Giordano, of course, makes sense. You want to keep him healthy, and a guy's body's not going to hold up like a 22-year-old's. But at what point do you think they need to start figuring out what they're going to move forward with in the playoffs? I mean, especially if they're playing, you know, not great hockey, like say they were in Long Island. I mean, you're seeing a revolving door of defensemen. No one's got the same partner twice, and it's almost like the mistakes that were being made is like, are these guys gripping their sticks, saying one mistake, and I'm going to be in the press box tomorrow? Not exactly instilling confidence leading into the playoffs. At what point do you think they need to start solidifying the roster that they're going to go into the postseason with? I think it has to happen now. Like you, yeah. Uh, I think the argument can be made is, yeah, you've got some the luxury after the trade deadline to to tinker with things. Again, I, I know I've beaten a dead horse here, but you watch Boston, for the most part, outside of injury or, you know, guys being banged up and stuff like that, they all play with the same guys. You know, you, you tinker a little bit. You know, on a given night, if a guy's not going, yeah, you sit him down a shift, you move a guy up and down. That's, that's game management, the game within the game. But... Like hockey is, is habitual, it's instinctual. So 
if I've got a defensive partner that has certain habits, you want you don't want to think about, okay, well, I'm with that guy. He likes to do this. Because the minute you start to think on the ice, you're screwed. The game's too fast. So I would like to see some stability where it's like, here's a five-game segment. This is what the team looks like outside of sickness and injury. And, and, and have at it. Like, go. And then you start to tinker and go, okay, that matchup, they weren't going tonight. I had to pull this guy in and out. But, like, for the most part, I want to see consistency. Because I see plays that are set plays. And pick your team, Colorado. You know, even Edmonton, like I look at, at teams like that offensively, they've got set plays where it's like, I just know where that guy is going to be. Well, defensemen need that too. I talked to Mark Mathot the other day. I had dinner with him in the media room in Ottawa. And I said, like, playing with different partners, how hard is it? And he goes, well, you're, you're worried about your game, but you're also worried about what, the, what this guy likes, what he doesn't like, how he likes to be set up, how he likes to defend. So if you don't have that familiarity, now it takes away from your game because you're going, I got to worry about my game and worry about what's good for him. And I haven't played with him a lot. So I think getting back to your question, you need to lock the roster in and, and have a run with these guys so that they feel comfortable. And it's just second nature, habitual. If they do that, I don't know what else we're going to talk about leading into the Stanley Cup playoffs because we like to make up stories this time of year. You know that, Noodles. Uh, appreciate your time today, man. Never. <laughs> Never, never. No, because it, it literally gets to a point after the deadline, like people try to find a reason to bitch about this team, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's the, the passionate part of this market. It's just like, I've been arguing, I know we got to go. I was arguing with yeah. somebody last night. They're like, well, you know, they, like Boston, you can beat them. And I'm like, okay, what? Well, it, they're due for something. And I go, what is that <laughs> rationale? Due for what? Like, you know, like, Anyways, it, it just, that's the, you know how passionate this market is. I think it's awesome. And, and to your point, like we do need to create things to get ourselves excited because right now we're just waiting for the playoffs. We are, and we're waiting for the Matthew Nice conversation. I thought it was going to happen last night. Minnesota figured it out. And unfortunately, we're going to have to wait a bit longer. Noodles, thank you so much for this and keep up the great work. We love your show, man. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll chat soon. Sounds good. Sounds Thanks, good. man. Take care. That's uh, Jamie Noodles McLennan, one of the best in the business. Just uh, salt of the earth once again. And uh, just brings it. I love his takes, man. Like, those guys, those three together are just so, so good. Like, it's must listen. For somebody who doesn't really watch that much TV, I make sure to tune in at some point in time between 4 and 7 Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Yeah, we ran into... Uh time issues almost instantly but it's uh yeah it's a, it's a guest where you wish you had an hour and a half podcast because you know. can just go off and and switch hit takes and and ideas and what's going on and just wicked guy we got to get him on again but uh it shows you why he's on that overdrive show and why it's having so so much success obviously let's get now to the points bet wrap-up actually somebody writes in uh wish rosie would prop his head like one of those uh what, what, prop his hat like one of those 18 year olds they do these what, what's it called now no, nah, I made I that up. <laughs> I got to float it. Floating hat. Oh, dude, we were out in Edmonton the other day. Holy fuck. And maybe it was just the wrong bar to be at. But is that like hip? Is that cool now to have your hat like that? Oh, yeah. You got to float it. And then you get the wings going <laughs> out the side big time, which I mean, uh, grade nine, what we had joke. wings where I think we gel them yeah. out like this, but we didn't float our yeah. buckets too hard. So hopefully the kids are watching now and they think I'm wicked. Uh, yeah, wicked cool, yo. 
I would love to know a percentage of the males listening right now. How many of you at some point in time had wings? Like I experimented with that in college, 18, 19, you know, when they start to circle around, man, that was like, you thought you were king shit when you had the, the way, like we, we've laughed at your pictures from Philadelphia where you had the long hair, right? I thought I, maybe you were trying to, trying to be Scott Hartnell or something. I don't know what I was trying to do. No, I didn't have that uh, curly red mop. It was a little different. Yeah. Sorry, Hartsy. But uh, <laughs> no, it's funny because I noticed like I remember being a kid and we had like baggy jeans or something. And my mom would be like, oh, my God, everything's coming back to when I was in high school. And now that, you know, 30 years later, I'm seeing, you know, you go by a high school and people got the baggy yeah, jeans man. again, the long hair like up. winged out the side. It's fucking hilarious. I love it. Mood McVibes, that takeaway in the neutral zone where Matthews picked up, uh, I think it was Duclair, made a strong play skating with uh, a Panther riding him, was one of the best plays at that game. I, I couldn't agree more. Like, Matthews defensively last night is what I noticed the most. Like, all around, by far pound for pound, his best game and best outing of the season, which is great, great news and a great development as we get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Sean Robertson writes in, refs aren't immune to anti-leaf bias. They're human, right? Okay, I get it. That anthem was a different story. We're not even going to touch on the national anthems <laughs> last night, man. Holy shit. You Whew. see that donkey tweeting beforehand going, <laughs> got his shirt off, flexing like crazy, going, oh, I'm going to fucking better learn the Canadian anthem. Well, fuck. <laughs> Less time taking selfies, bud. You got a job to do. What a donkey. Man, I, I, I think... Like, I, I just think it's inexcusable, borderline inexcusable, how you have an anthem singer and they can't nail the one thing they're sent out there to do, man. It's unbelievable to me. Uh, it, when people get choked up or freeze, hey, shit happens. You're yeah, in front man. of 18,000. Yeah. That's all good. But he, he knew he had that job for how many days and you couldn't figure that anthem and you're joking and tweeting about not knowing it and then you butcher it that bad. I don't fucking feel sorry for him at all. No, it was a butcher job, and it was the brunt of jokes on social media, which sometimes you just love to see. Uh, Ryan also writes in, Ryan Sportsman, Rosie, we miss you in the Jersey Beast with some props. Uh, Mood McVibes, again, Murray showed flashes of better goaltending, but Samsonov has been healthier and more consistent. Um, and a bunch of people want to know about Matthew Nyes. We're going to have that conversation when it happens, but Minnesota found their way last night. I believe they were down 2-1. They found a way to get the job done, I think ultimately winning 5-2 in that game. So, uh what a week in general, Rosie, as we get closer and closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs. A great stable of guests again with Ron McLean, Gord Stellick, and again today, Jamie Noodles, McLennan. Got a back-to-back -back coming up this weekend. Carolina, the Nashville Predators, and the five-game road trip is going to conclude. Uh, it sounds like Ilya Samsonov's not even there. He's pulling the old Luke Shen, waiting for the baby to happen back home. So I think we're going to see Joseph Wall this weekend. Yeah, and I think Lafferty is it that's having his uh, his wife's due to have a baby right before the playoffs yeah. too. So yeah, a lot of pressure in the women department right now. They gotta pump those babies up <laughs> quick because we got Stanley Cups to win here. So come on, girls, don't wait. Push, push. I would love to know what that conversation would look like. Uh, yeah, babe, can can you hurry up? I need to go win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't know if that's gonna go over well, Rosie. Let's pump this thing out, ladies. You're part of the team now. Get that thing out of you. <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, many thanks to everybody in the chat this week. You ripped it. You killed it. Uh, our great guests, including today's Jamie Noodles McLennan, producer Alex, was uh, fantastic all week long. And you, of course, Jay Rosal. I know you're only here for three or five shows, but you're really exceptionally good in those three or five shows, okay? Unprovoked attack. Wow. <laughs> Shots fired. For Jay Rosal, I'm Nick Alberga. We'll talk on Monday. Take care.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.